Oh, I, I'm not lying. I mean, I'm not going to murder them immediately. I mean, I might murder all of them <laughs> on my way through, but like, that's kind of up to them. I say to them. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Mundangerous Secret Tunnel in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Yishin. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 8 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we are continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place. Where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized, and living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called dragon marks shape the fate of their bearers, and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zilargo and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. And Tez Proudgale has subdued a dragon. I mean, a small dragon, like the smallest dragon that exists, but still, still impressive. Uh, it has also been brought to my attention, Ishan, that uh, I had some manacles in my inventory the whole time that could have helped subdue that <laughs> dragon. I mean, I don't know that you can just slap them on while she's like trying to claw you, but once she's unconscious, sure, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know. But you didn't use them. No, I didn't, because those no. are for sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meepo loves you more than he's ever loved anyone, so. It's not for Meepo. It's for Erky. <laughs> hurting and healing, hurting and healing. <laughs> Meepo and I, uh, Meepo and Tez have too pure of a relationship to sully it with. Uh, you say that now, but when both of you are 35. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like Sir Ian McKellen and uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful pair. All right. So you have just gotten a reward from Eustral, including a key to the dragon door near the uh, entrance of this entire complex that you have yet not been able to get through. She has also offered you aid in the form of allowing you to interrogate some goblin prisoners to potentially find a weakness or a point of attack against the goblins because you need to get in there in order to get to the level below to get to the druid, the twilight grove, and whatever is going on with these twig blights and this crazy apple. And those kids that I'm chasing. Also those kids that you're chasing. Who are adults. Right. And, I mean, I guess we'll see if they're already dead or not. You get paid more if they're alive. 
That's true. I don't know if that's totally in my control. <laughs> I, I mean foreshadowing, so. <laughs> I'll take Erky with me. I don't think I want Meepo in the room uh, with these goblins. I feel like that's probably it. Fair point. Uh, and you're pretty beat up after fighting the dragon, so you're, I think we're, you're going to take advantage of the kobold's hospitality and rest, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll just sort of wrap that all up. You'll take a long rest, and you know, in the meantime, you're interrogating these kobolds. So four small humanoids are shackled by thick rusted chains attached to a large iron spike set in the floor. Several broken weapons and sundered shields lie in one corner. These are four goblins... Uh, who, as you know, the kobolds and the goblins sort of exchange prisoners sometime. Uh, so any chance they get, they'll capture each other mm-hmm. and try to sell each other back. Uh, usually mm, a handful of silver pieces will do it for each one. When the door opens, they sort of instinctively cower. But when like one of them sees you, they're sort of surprised. Ah, a human. And the kobolds capture you too. No. And I toss a I toss a small pouch of silver onto the floor, not within their reach, right? But I'll I'll leave it there so they can see. It's very Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, they they look at it. They're a little confused, a little surprised, but th- there was hope in their eyes, perhaps for the first time in a while. There's a way that you walk out of here today. Oh yes, yes, of, of course, of course, yes. Anything, anything you want. Uh, what what would you like? We, we'll tell you anything. I need to know about your stronghold. I need to know your numbers. I need to know about the hobgoblin who abuses you and, uh, and, and presses you into his work. I need to know about the, uh, do I know he's a druid? I mean, yes. Yeah. You're, you're a smart enough guy. He would be a druid. I need to know about the druid with the frog who, uh, forces you to do his bidding. So they all sort of like immediately start talking at nope, the same time nope, over nope, each nope, other nope, and nope. one at a time so like one uh, is like oh yes we have amazing defenses and uh, there's no way that you can get through and another is like oh yes the hobgoblin is very weak and there's a uh, uh, you'll be able to take a, a over easily just a, a I start, frontal assault I start, I start pulling coins out of the pouch and putting them back in my pocket <laughs> they all stop once you start doing that sort of look at each other look back at you, and then they start speaking in goblin to each other. Uh, Erky speaks goblin, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I look at Erky. <laughs> does Erky speak goblin? <laughs> he does. He does speak goblin. And we share draconic. <laughs> ah, right. And the goblins don't speak draconic. So right. the goblins are, are basically trying to like figure out what's going on. You're like, is this a trick? Um, obviously, they, they like want to get uh, back to the camp. You're, you're speaking in draconic back and forth, the, the two of you. They sort of look a little confused by that, but also like the kobolds speak draconic, right? So they they don't seem to like pay attention to that after a little bit. You sort of get the impression that they figure like, okay, you you speak draconic and the two of you are talking and, you know, you're um, hired by the kobolds or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So they talk for a little bit uh, without knowing that you can understand them. Why is it that uh, they want to attack the colony? Don't worry about it. Dern is very strong. There's absolutely no way that they're going to be able to take on him and the other hobgoblins. We don't even really like Dern, right? Like maybe, maybe they could uh, take out Dern and then Grenel could be back in charge again. But I mean, 
there, we'd still have to deal with the outcast. Uh, like there, there are a lot of layers here oppressing us, and right now we just need to focus on getting out of this cell. When they're done, I, I think I've got that like <laughs> that adventurer pose, you know, where I've just like kind of hooked my thumbs in my uh, <laughs> my belt, and I'm just waiting. It's time for a quest. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And then and then when they're done, I'll just say, so, do we have a deal? So they look at you suspiciously, like they look at the silver air, and then one of them says, what is it that you want? I am truly only here to find the human children who, <laughs> the adult human children <laughs> <laughs> who came down uh, through your territory and uh, I believe into the grove below. I, I found the body of the ranger uh, and I seek the other three. So they sort of look at each other again and then one of them it's not it's not a smile so much it's a bit of a smug look and he says mm, the, they were supposed to have been sent down to the grove the outcasts wanted all of the the living humans but and then you know it, it shrugs uh, and says Dern got angry and uh, killed one of the males mm, which one the one with less armor that would be the that would be the Hucreal then, right? Yeah. Not mm-hmm. Sir Brayford, right? But the other two, the other two were sent down. So if you seek them, well, you would need to get past Dern, and there's no way that's happening. Yeah, actually, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, why why do you make this your home? Are are you? How did you come to be here? How did your how did your clan settle here? It seems that this is a strange place for goblins. Give me a persuasion check just to see how forthcoming they're going to be. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> <laughs> 10. Uh, maybe it's time for some division of labor and you change the diaper and Pam rolls the dice because right, you can't yeah. do worse. <laughs> May well be. You're trying to put on like a, a face like, you know, you, you care and like you're not going to murder them immediately. Um, oh, I, I'm not lying. I mean, I'm not going to murder them immediately. I mean, I might murder all of them <laughs> on my way through, but like that's kind of up to them. I say to them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're still pretty suspicious, um, but you know, they, they don't have much to bargain with except information, so they're talking. As far as they can remember, this is where the group has lived. Uh, but there are stories of coming from far away over the mountains. Uh, and then looking for, you know, looking to expand into human territories. And they, they found this place and, you know, they were successful for many generations. And then relatively recently, like maybe, you know, 10 years ago, uh, the hobgoblins showed up and decided that they were in charge. And so now there they are. So you were, when you say colony, you were literally a colony of the Takani Empire, Yes. Ah, they seem a little stunned that you even know what that is. Of course I know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, they sort of like look at each other and then one nods and it seems like he's he's like actually leveling with you. He says, yes, yes, the the Dakani. Once our people ruled all of this land, this, this entire continent. It was frankly tragic that your empire fell to give rise to the human empires. It was, it was the greatest of all empires, yes, and it was riven from within, and now now the humans claim our lands. 
we are far removed, and Dern is, well, he is powerful, but he does not he does not rule us like in the ways of the of the Dakani. The Dakani Empire has fallen, but the Goblins Empire still exists. the The nation of Dargoon still. I, I mean, it's it's not even too far. If you wish to leave, you could. You could return. You would be. Well, I don't know what you would be to the to the ruler or to, to to Dargoon today, but you know, you would be reunited. Give me a history check. Ooh, not twenty plus two, twenty-two. Boom. All right, so you know the the hobgoblin who currently rules uh, Dargoon. Uh, which basically declared itself an independent nation only a few years ago, uh, is the Lash Haruk. Um, so if you name drop the Lash Haruk, uh, they are extremely surprised that you have any idea who that is. I, yeah, I, I am not personally acquainted with the Lash Haruk, the Lash Haruk, but I assume that they would welcome their brothers and sisters back into the fold with open arms. Uh, you would be perhaps seen as heroes. So they're looking at each other, speaking in goblin again to each other. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> Who is this guy? Um, give me give me a persuasion check, but make it with advantage. This feels like it would be a good time to invest some bless, but I feel like it's maybe a little too late. <laughs> or, you know, guidance or like anything. <laughs> Gu- guidance is a great spell to have. Yeah, I offered it a couple times. I know, but we're rolling it natural mm-hmm. and that's going to be okay. Uh, 12 plus 7 is 19. That is more than okay. So they they seem they seem kind of pumped about this. They're they're interested, and they say, "Grenel, Grenel talks about this sometimes." Uh, and then one of them sort of gets angry and sort of like smacks smacks the other one, like you know, like don't talk. But but it sort of shrugs them off, says, "Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This this could be our chance here. Grenel is one of us, a goblin, and she wants to overthrow the rule of Dern, but." We're not strong enough. They have good weapons and armor. But if that were to happen, if someone were to take out Dern and his hobgoblin guards, then Grenel could take over the group again and would let you pass to go find these adult human children. Do you possess the numbers to sneak me in? If, if I arranged for you to be returned, do you, does Grenel possess enough loyalists to sneak me in to face Dern without needing to kill more of you than necessary? They look at each other, and then it seems like they come to a silent consensus that they're going to trust you on this. So the one who seems to be in charge nods and says, if you return us, we will very quickly be returned to our posts as guards. This is what always happens when we are ransomed back. That makes sense that like it's the guards at the front entrance that are the ones who keep getting captured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you signal to us when you come, if we set up something prearranged, we can let you in to the uh, secret tunnel that leads to the throne room and the entrance to the grove. It will be up to you from there. Grenel will make sure that the other goblins don't get involved. You will need to take out the hobgoblins. And how many hobgoblins? Uh, he says there's Dern, and he has three other hobgoblins with him. Mm. 
They have fine weapons and armor. You will record this deed, yes? You will record that Tez Proudgale fought the Hobgoblins and restored you to your autonomy. Well, Tez Proudgale doesn't quite transliterate into goblin, but I'm sure we can find some sort of way to write it down that won't mean something dirty, probably. But yes, yes, of course, of course we will record this, of course, yes. In our in our uh, annals, the, the great annals of our of our group, which we shall take back to the Lesh Haruk. There's, there seems to be a little bit of embellishment in here. Yeah, it doesn't seem that they have real annals, do they? <laughs> pro- pro- probably not, but who knows? Maybe this will start. It's more of an oral tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an amenable deal? Yes. I will have you returned. I will have you ransomed shortly. Uh, in two days' time, I will return. Okay, they nod. Um, and they'll give you some more information. So yes, there's Dern, who is a hobgoblin who has who has good gear. Um, splint armor, he's, he's pretty strong, stronger than a regular hobgoblin. And then three other uh, hobgoblin guards. They're pretty sure Grenel, who is um, a divine spellcaster, won't immediately jump in on... The, the battle, right? She's going to see which way it goes. But if things look bad for Dern, she might step in. Especially she might step in to get the killing blow because that sort of cements her uh, leadership. Just keep the goblins out of the fight and we'll handle the rest. Uh, they also say that Dern has a, a treasure chest. They don't know what's inside it, um, but that exists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tez's eyes glint. <laughs> as he starts racking up the dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I need to return to Ustrail and um, more or less tell her that she's ransoming these goblins back and I will I will even pay her to do so, right? I will, I will basically pay her a ransom to then ransom them back. Right, so it's not bad. They deal in small amounts of money. It's only going to be about six gold pieces. Altogether, I mean, they they trade in silver, um, but right. you know, for you, it's about six gold pieces. So for me to convince her to to basically pay their ransoms, yeah. Like, and and I I want them. Like, I I, I genuinely like I am paying her a ransom so that she can go ransom them herself and collect double. Right, like that's <laughs> that's my play here because uh, I need this to look completely normal. Then she is totally on board with it. They agree. Two days time. The symbol or the the sign, the signal. It's going to be a bird call. You actually see they, they make it back. Um, a couple of them are sort of accomplished at this. And then they sort of sketch out uh, a crude map. And you can see actually pretty close to the trophy room where you fought Calcerix, like just several uh, rooms away, uh, there is a, a locked door that leads to uh, a tunnel that leads directly to what looks like um, a circular what probably was once a a chapel and is now the throne room, and it has um, uh, an entrance in it that leads uh, down deeper into the grove. So have I unlocked the map? (laughs) (laughs) You have. Do you have a copy of that? I think I gave it to you. I think I have the player version of it, but I genuinely don't know where we are on it, so. (laughs) (laughs) When we get there, I will point it out. You rest... Uh, and the kobolds basically leave you to your own devices to plan how you're uh, going to take this out. They release the goblins, make the prisoner exchange. 
But in the meantime, you've got uh, about two days to kill. I wouldn't say two days to kill. I've got, I've got some uh, some raiding to do. <laughs> All right, so there is a door way back at almost the entrance of this citadel that you haven't been able to get through because when you examine it very closely, you see that the keyhole contains an etching of a dragon's face, marking it as uh, placed there by the original inhabitants of this citadel. The cult of a Shardalon. And now you have a key. I just know how this goes. I'm gonna try and check this thing for traps, <laughs> specifically anything that's gonna be triggered by putting the key in the door. All right, give me, Give me investigation. Or Meepo. Give me investigation. Um, Meepo's investigation is 12. He doesn't find anything. Uh, also, remember, in this room, there is a door that you know how to open. There's a mm -hmm. little uh, loose stone that uh, you press in. And inside, there are three uh, skeletons. Stop trying to tempt me with those skeletons. Like, <laughs> I'll clean those up if I still have hit points left at the end of this part of the dungeon, okay? <laughs> gonna, go, gonna go in at uh, full strength first, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no trap as far as you can tell. However, you're standing there for a while and you begin to hear the rustlings of movement outside in the masonry rubble. Your guess, of course, would be giant rats. I still haven't figured out how to set up traps for those things, have I? Uh, survival checks. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna try and, um, I've still got those caltrops, don't I? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and set up those caltrops in a way that will, um, kind of create a bit of a trap for any rats that get curious about coming in. All right, that sounds good. So basically the entrance that leads yeah, to yeah. It's outside. Yeah, exactly. But I guess I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, kind of intermix them with some debris, right? So mm -hmm. that it's not just obvious, right? There's plenty of rubble here because, like, all of the walls have basically collapsed in here. So that is easy to do. Um, it's a 15 survival. Looks like a pretty cunning trap. Okay. Well, at the very least, I'll hear a rat screaming in pain if, if they sneak in on us. At the very least. Tez Proud Gale, pest control completed. I'm going to turn the key in that door. All right. You turn it. There's a heavy clunk. And then a hissing noise as the room opens. And there's, there's a puff of dust, which indicates that you've actually just broken an air seal. Dust long undisturbed covers every surface in this large gallery. The air here is stale. So when the door opens... Uh, you can see that there is a large room here and directly across on the other side of it is a hallway that then disappears into darkness. But inside this room, there are three alcoves on the north wall and one on the south wall. Each alcove contains a dust-covered stone pedestal with a fist-sized crystalline globe resting on it. The globes in the northern alcoves are cracked and dark, but the globe in the southern alcove glows with a soft blue light. Faint tinkling notes issue from it. 
I mean, I'm gonna check out that that globe. That, uh, <laughs> I've been trapped by these designers before. Whoever whoever built this citadel was a cunning mind and a cruel one. It says in Draconic, "Let me be murdered." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's getting that subtle. <laughs> um, uh, let me. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will carefully creep towards that and and keep a lookout for any uh, any traps or any <laughs> any betrayals. Okay, give me give me a perception check as you creep toward it. <clears throat> okay. Well, it's a one, cool. so five. Hey, but your baseline's the what? Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, so you don't see anything, and you don't trigger anything. But you, as you approach the globe you can hear the faint notes of music are louder probably just because you're closer right okay um then yeah i mean i don't detect anything uh i'll, I'll tell um meepo and erky to keep an eye out and i will without touching it i want to start like kind of getting a sense of what this globe is um okay. like just trying to figure it figure it out i mean kind of arcana right uh yes give me an arcana I'm so good at this game. Uh, eight plus two is ten. Cool. Uh, what you can determine from that Arcana check is that it's a trap. Give me a Wisdom saving throw. <laughs> really? So as that as you uh, as you approach it to examine it, the music grows suddenly louder, <sighs> and the glow in it becomes much brighter. Actually, all three of you give me a wisdom saving. Great. Uh, okay, I actually think Tez is probably fine. 15 plus 2 is 17. Tez is okay. Meepo. 8 minus something. 8 minus... 7 is minus 2, isn't it? 8 minus 2 is 6. Whew, okay. And Erky. He should have, be all right. He probably has he wisdom have saves. Save. He does not have any saves. <laughs> no, wait, he gets, he gets one set of saves. Oh, I didn't bother with. I'm just using his monster stat block because I'm lazy. Oh, and he has wait. He has um, uh, advantage because he's a gnome. Ah, oh, yes, he right? does. But wait, okay. do you want him to have intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? He gets one mental saving throw. Uh, wisdom. Yeah, that would be the one to go with. Okay, because he it's the only stat he has a plus two in. So. Right. Oh, that got a lot better. Okay, it it, it might have been close. He rolled like a six. But uh, now he's got a 9 plus 4 is 13. I feel like that's probably good. Mm, 13 is not. Okay. So what? Oh my Tez, God. Tez feels um, his mind grow foggy, but then he's able to shake it off. Uh, but Meepo and Erky both succumb. Um, they, they don't seem afraid. They seem like they enter almost like a dreamlike fugue state. But... They turn right around and head back the way that they came. Moving as quickly as they can, heading for the room that you came in, but also uh, they seem to be headed for outside, which means they run across Caltrops. I'm chasing them. <laughs> I would like to chase them. <laughs> so you chase after them to try to, like, stop try to, them. I'm Grab them, yes, exactly. Okay, so they're not gonna. <laughs> I like, might have to bring up my sex handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna fight you to get away from you, but they are trying to move away uh, the entire time. 
and shake out of it, shake out of it. You can still hear the music. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to like keep them from from moving? Because they I, they will now start trying to escape your grapple. I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like I'm trying to like physically restrain them. I mm-hmm. guess I. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get like a rope around them or something, but I've got to, I've got to do something. Wait. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. I will handcuff them together. <laughs> that uh, way I only have to hold one handcuff. <laughs> where do you hand that handcuff them together? On the hands. I don't on think I can get to their feet re- realistically <laughs> and make them a three legged race as much as I would love to. <laughs> okay. So you, you cuff them and then you're basically like holding onto the chain. Uh, right, exactly, and I am. Uh, so then I'm going to try and stuff like cloth in their ears. You know, like I'm trying to cover, trying to to hide the music from them because I can't. The music is still playing, right? They can still hear it. All right, so give me an athletics check with advantage. Okay. With all of that, um, yeah, start with that. Super good at athletics, as you know. Okay, I rolled a seven and a seventeen. Minus one is sixteen. That Super is good at athletics. Not bad, <laughs> but you know who was also terrible at athletics? Both of them. Both of them. Yes. Erky's basically like on the ground. Um, has like fallen over and is trying to like crawl his way out of here. Um, you you basically sort of like sat on Meepo, who, right. who is struggling, but <laughs> is all right. Um, now they each get another saving throw. Okay. Uh, so let me do Erky first. Uh, 19. Okay, that's a success. He shakes it off, and he, like, seems confused as to why he's on the ground and why you're sitting on Meepo. And why he's handcuffed to Meepo. Yeah. Uh, that's not so weird. <laughs> Ricky, I'll explain. We just have to get Meepo out of, like, <laughs> we've got to protect Meepo. Uh, nope. Uh, 8 minus 2 is 6. Cool. <laughs> uh, but now it's both of you trying to restrain Meepo, right? Yes. Okay. I'm fine with that. I think both of you can basically just sit on him until eventually he's going to save. Uh, the DC's 15. Eventually he will get higher than that. Roll a 17. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So after after about a minute or so, you see like Meepo's head clear uh, and then he comes to and, and both of you are kind of sitting on him. Uh, he seems a little confused. Mm, is, is this is this exploring? Uh, it's the downside of exploring, which is that sometimes you run into traps. That uh, that orb was playing music, and it seems to have messed with your minds. Uh, Erky, do you have any idea what that is? I'm cautious that breaking it might make it worse now that we've overcome its influence. Uh, so, what um, what skills does he have? Spells. Skills. Oh, skills. He has medicine and religion. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, but actually Meepo has Arcana. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So it now seems you can still hear the music, but it doesn't seem to affect you anymore. I, I suppose I could just leave it then, huh? <laughs> um, well, have Meepo, have Meepo make an Arcana. Okay. Uh, 12. Hmm. Um, I mean, he did better than you. So he's pretty sure that You've resisted it, but that's not going to be permanent. Eventually, right. like it'll affect you again, but you're probably good for a while. Uh, he also thinks that if you attack it, it might get stronger. But mm. you know, you can see there are broken ones up above and they uh, to the north, and they don't work. So 
you could probably break it. You just don't know how strong it will get before you break it. If I cover it, like if I if I take a like a, a bedroll and just cover it, does its influence seem to weaken? Like when we when it deafens the music, or it doesn't change at all. So the yeah, music okay. is just as loud. It's not any quieter, um, but it doesn't grow any louder. Okay. Uh, what about if we cover our ears? Did that seem to do anything? You can still hear it, but it, it does seem quieter. Okay. Hmm. So it doesn't seem fully to be just sound. Well, boys, do we break this thing or do we leave it for the next guy <laughs> who is probably us? That's certainly a possibility. Coming back out. I think we should, I think we should deal with this. I think okay. that's the responsible thing to do. And Taz always does the responsible thing. That's, you know, <laughs> it's an opening bid. How do you want to deal with it? All right. I'm going to fashion a harness for it out of, uh, out of the rope that I no longer need to use to restrain anybody. Uh, and I will also take my handcuffing keys back. Um, again, might need that later. Um, but I'm going to just kind of like something to just like, uh, like just set over the top of it so that we can pull it down from, from a distance, right? Like I want to just yank it off mm -hmm. the pedestal, um, and hope that it will like, it will be smashed on the floor. In fact, ah, I will, uh, I will set a, a piton below mm. it on the floor so that it's got like that. So it falls on, onto like a point, right? And hopefully like that pressure. Uh, and then if that fails, we're going to smash it with, uh, <laughs> With a sling and a club, and me smashing it with my uh, with my stick, <laughs> my 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 short bow quarterstaff. All right, so you tie a rope around it. You set up a piton. Right. So you're trying to pull it so that it lands on the piton, right? Exactly. All right. Give just give me like give me an attack roll, a dex based attack roll. Okay. Come on. I rolled a one. <laughs> All right, so you yank it off. It completely misses the piton, but it does hit the ground with a clunk. Um, oh, wow, okay. Um, on the hard stone floor, you can hear it crack. But the music then grows louder. Uh, wisdom saving throws. Okay. Great. Uh, is this charmed, by the way? Is this a charm effect? Oh, it is a charm effect. So I have You would have had advantage, yeah. So you and Erky both have advantage. That's good, because I rolled a 1 and a 14. Cool. Uh, so I have a 16, and Erky has a 14 and an 18, so I think he was good either way, but that's a 22. Erky uh, succeeds. Then... You fail. I failed? Mm-hmm. Oh the music's God. even louder now. Okay. Well, what about Meepo? Screwed. Two. Yeah. Okay. So you and Meepo make a run for it. You're, de you're deeper in, but next round you're going to be on the Caltrops. Right. I think Erky knows that he's got to smash this thing. Okay. Uh, so what does he do? Uh, he's he's going to rush up and, and just try to club it down, right? Okay. Go for it. Let's see if he can... Let's see if you can hit it hard enough. So make oh, an attack roll. Oh. Uh, actually, no, 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 no. Hang on. Uh, he'll try to pick it up and drop it on the piton. Oh, I okay. think that's still actually our best 
our best approach. Like, not pull it with the rope from far away, but mm-hmm. just pick it up and drop it. So he's just going to slam pick it up it with his hands and smash it on top of the pizza. All right, slam no roll needed, but roll damage. Uh, give me a d6. Five. That'll do it. Okay. It smashes. It almost breaks in half, and the music stops immediately. And Perfect. you guys are about to run into a Caltrop field, and you skid to a halt when you come to your senses. I yeah, I grab Miko. Miko. <laughs> I grab Meepo by like the collar. <laughs> I'm like nobody. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> All right. With the trap disabled, there is a hallway leading further to the west. Uh, I close the door behind us. Can I do that? Yes. Yes, you definitely (laughs) can. That way, if anybody takes any more runners, we're not... uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're at least partially impeded. Um, Okay. So you can close it. Do you want to lock it from this side with the key? You know, I think so, yeah. I think I'll lock it. Uh, And I think what I'll do is I'll I'll just, um, like, leave the key in the lock. Okay, yeah. Right? So that it's... Because no one can... I mean, no one can take the key from the other side just because it's sitting in the lock on this side. So there's a hallway ahead of you, and on the other side of it is another door. I mean, we're going to check check the door for traps. <laughs> <laughs> check everything for traps. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> uh, so that's a 15 from Tez on Perception. Okay. Uh, it's a good thing you said check everything and not just the door. <laughs> there, uh, So uh, you step into the hallway uh, and you're heading toward the door and then you realize there, there's something weird about the floor. You look closely and there's a pressure plate. Uh, all right. I will, uh, I'll take a piton and well, I'll take that, that magic piton and just kind of use that to wedge the pressure plate up so that it can't trigger. Okay. Um, um, can, I, can I take a look and see what, what the net effect would have been? Um, yeah, you look closely and you can see uh, several arrow slits up by the ceiling. So mm. you're pretty sure anyone who steps on it is going to get uh, pincushioned. Got it. Well, glad that didn't happen. You open the next door and inside is another semicircular room. I check for traps. <laughs> <laughs> so dust fills this hall like a layer of gray snow. In the rounded northern end of the chamber stands a 10-foot-tall sculpture of a coiled dragon carved from red-veined white marble. Uh, go ahead and give me that perception check. Uh, 13 plus 4 is 17. Cool. Okay. No traps in here. Uh, what you do see, though is when you approach the dragon statue, its mouth starts to move. Not in a, I'm going to breathe fire on you. Uh, it moves like it's speaking in common. We come by night without being fetched. We disappear by day without being stolen. What are we? Shadows. Nothing happens. Stars. Ah. A previously unnoticed door in the western wall opens. It pivots into the room. And looking inside, you can see there's another room with alcoves on either side. And then at the far end of the room, a pit. And then another room with faint light in it. There's something in there, 
but you can't quite make it out. Dust cloaks the contents of this 20-foot-wide hall. Six alcoves line the walls, three to the north and three to the south. Each alcove, except the southwest one, holds a humanoid figure carved of red-veined white marble. The figure resembles tall elves in plate armor. A stone archway at the west end of the wall opens into a wide room from which greenish light glows. A dark pit is situated before the archway. Uh, you said one of them doesn't have a... One of the alcoves is empty? Right. I would like to search that alcove. Uh, actually, I would like to... Uh, let me let me just make sure there's no traps in this room. <laughs> this like always sketchy around here. I'm going to search for traps. Okay. Uh... Was cocked. Hang on. Okay. Well, I got it was either a nine or an eleven, and I got a nine on the second one, so that feels about right. Thirteen, which my minimum is fourteen. You don't see any traps, but when you do go look at that alcove that doesn't have a statue, you can see that the dust around here, because this and this entire place is completely dusty, is disturbed by tracks. Mm-hmm that look like they were made by tiny humanoid feet with claw-like nails. Hmm. So they start at the alcove, they move west toward the pit, and then they disappear into the pit. I will check the pit. Do I find a kobold in there? (laughs) You walk over and look at the pit. It looks like just like a a regular pit. There are spikes at the bottom of it, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you lean down to look inside. There isn't anything that or anyone that you can see inside there however 22 ac yeah that'll hit you take four piercing damage as tiny claws slash you and make a constitution saving throw well i'm so good at those i actually am 20 plus one 21 Ooh, that's good you are not poisoned, although you can see thick green ichor uh, on your skin, although it doesn't seem to have fully penetrated the wound. Uh, And behind you, you now see what looks like... Well, actually, make an arcana check. Meepo, two if you want, or one if you gives the other advantage, whatever. Uh, I rolled a one. Meepo rolled a 16 plus one is 17. Ah! Fiend! A fiend! Meepo knows that this is a quasit, a shape changer that can turn invisible. Mm. They're sometimes bound as familiars, which has attacked you and seems to be uh, laughing at you. Do you wish to die, fiend? I say in, I guess, draconic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't intend to, no. And uh, do you want to fight it? It's going to fight you. I guess. What else am I going to do? All right. <laughs> Give me an issue. I bind it to my will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have lousy. I have a six. Meepo has even worse, a five. And Erky, the hero of our story, has a 19. Erky goes first. Then the Quasit goes. Uh, and then you guys. I find it remarkably unlikely that uh, Erky would not attempt to purify this uh, fiend with sacred flame. That makes perfect sense. So it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Dex save. Wow. 23. Okay. Well, that's going to succeed. It shakes it off, though. It shakes it off. Uh, It is going to disappear. Was it flying? 
It was not fine. Can I see tracks in the dust disturb ah. where it steps? Give me perception. It will make stealth. 14. <laughs> it rolled garbage for stealth. So yes, you can. You can see it's uh, skittering towards Erky. I mean, I will attempt to, <laughs> to stab it with my <laughs> rapier. <laughs> so you know its location, but it's still hidden. So right. uh, it'll make, be making it with disadvantage. Yep. Uh, that tracks. All right, a 10 and an 8. This is doable. Uh, that will, The low one is a 13, then, on my rapier. That's going to hit. Blindly fencing in the dark is 8 damage. You skewer a quasit, which becomes visible again. Is it dead dead? It certainly seems dead dead. And then you can see... So it, it's basically like hanging limply on, on your rapier. It's not very heavy at all. And then its body slowly turns into mist and disappears. And Meepo can tell you, oh yes, it has returned to Kyber. Hmm. Whereas Essence will, I mean, it, it's just a Quasit, so its Essence will reform probably into another Quasit, but not the same one. This, is this something your ancestors frequently consorted with, Meepo? Yeah, he seems shocked. Shocked. He's indignant. Never. Never. Dragons do not like fiends. Mm, curious how it got here. It seemed trapped. Perhaps somebody died here and left it behind. That certainly seems a possibility because what you can see in the other room, so you're like, you were standing by the pit when you got attacked. Mm -hmm. You can see mm -hmm. in the other room. It's only a 10 foot wide pit. There's a sarcophagus. Hmm. Can I, can I see what's on, like, the... Because I've seen the sarcophagi on the other other side, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they were kind of carved into a shape. Can I tell the shape of this one? This one's really big. It's, like, nine feet long. So whatever's inside it is tall. So violet marble tiles cover the floor and walls, although pretty much all of them are cracked or broken and underneath this rough-hewn stone. There are sconces attached to the walls at each corner, one of which has a torch that is burning with a greenish flame. The sarcophagus is made of marble, and it's carved with dragon imagery. And the head of the sarcophagus resembles a dragon's head. And there are rusting iron clasps holding down the lid on all sides. At least that's what you can see from here. You have a 10-foot wide spiked pit to cover to cross if you would like to get there. I mean, I'm still, like, I'm, I'm frankly still weirded out by this empty alcove. Uh, and, and there were footprints there, which makes me think there's something about it. Um, so if you, if you look at the footprints again, they were definitely made by the Quasit. Oh, they were the Quasit. Okay. Tiny, clawed, humanoid feet. All right. I mean, can I, like, I don't want to just <laughs> leap <laughs> uh, without looking, but, like, can I see anything over there, like, that, that would indicate a pressure plate or, or any other type of trap? Or can I see, can I see how this, this pit was, like, a trap at some point? Like, does it look like this was a floor that fell away that somebody triggered? Or, like, it just seems, it seems a little too obvious to just have a pit in the middle of the floor. It seems weird to have just an open pit. Um, yeah. yeah, give me another perception check. Uh, 13 plus 4, 17. You don't see anything. Um, it does seem like an obvious trap. Maybe hey, maybe it's ceremonial mm. um, because inside you can see that, you know, there, there are the trappings of like an honorable burial. And then 
if you look at like Erki has religion, right? If you if you look mm-hmm. at the the statues that are standing there, it it looks like an honor guard. Uh, like so so like when you say the the pit is ceremonial as well, like there's like decoration on the inside of the pit like it was meant to be looked at no but like the pit itself might just be there not as like a trap trap but more like like a symbol you know stay away this is this is a person who is honored in death and so you shouldn't like loot this Mm. okay i i'm gonna i'm gonna hop across guys uh Heal me if I get hurt. <laughs> What's your strength? Uh, it's eight. I don't uh, know that I can do this very easily. So, yeah, you with no check, you could jump across if you had a ten strength. But since you have yeah. an eight, you'll need to make an athletic check to get across or figure out some other way to cross this. Even, even with, like, a running start? With a running start, you can jump ten feet. You can jump your strength score in feet. In so you feet. can make it eight okay. feet. Now, you okay. could, I mean... You can make your eight feet and then make a dexterity save to try to catch the ledge and pull yourself up. But if not, then you're going to land on those spikes. Or you can make an athletics check to try to clear the entire thing or, you know, figure out other ways across the pit. How deep the pit's 10 feet? Uh, yes, 10 feet. Is and there anything any, anything on the ceiling that I might be able to, like, lasso a rope, lash a rope to? Lasso a rope to? Uh, it's uh, just a, a, not even a door frame. It's just like a... Oh, a hole carved. Okay, like I'm still Tez Proudgill. Mm-hmm. What's the point of being a rogue archaeologist if you can't get across a ten foot pit? That's I right. go take a running start and just leap across, and I'll just grab the ledge. It's not that hard. Okay, so you're just gonna go for the deck save. Yeah, do it. All right, thirteen. Thirteen. That's a fourteen minus one. <laughs> <laughs> easy. You make it look so easy. You. You alight on the other side like you knew you could do it the whole time. Good. Erky? Meepo? Oh, Meepo. Mm, Meepo. I don't know if you can make it, bud. Meepo isn't sure either. You know what, Meepo? Keep your sling at the ready. Erky and I can can investigate here. This is the last room, right? Like, there's no other doors here? Uh, right. Um, do you want to look around while you're in here? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll have Erky leap to the other side. I, I am t- checking for traps. I still don't trust this, ceremonial or not. <laughs> so give me another perception check. Uh, so he has a seventeen. I had a nine, which will be a which will be a fourteen. You have already seen this before, but the torch in the corner uh, has continual flame cast on it, so it's an ever burning torch. Yeah, I will be. Yoinking <laughs> it. Be grabbing that. Yep. <laughs> You can't see anything. There aren't any traps in here. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be anything else in this room except for the sarcophagus. There are six iron latches, like thick iron latches, holding the uh, stone top of the, sar- of the sarcophagus to uh, the body of it. But they are all rusted. There doesn't seem to be any sort of like lock or mechanism that you could pick, Uh which does, well, I guess doesn't seem all that strange, but you're pretty sure that you, you know, with enough effort, you could pop off the latches. Okay. Um, is that a thieves tools kind of thing? You feel like a sleight of hand? You think it's going to be like down and dirty, pull out your crowbar. I mean, I have a crowbar. You do have a crowbar. So <laughs> um, I will use my crowbar and prize it open. 
All right, give me a strength check, and the crowbar gives you advantage on this. Maybe I should have... You know what, Erky? Erky <laughs> <laughs> grabs a crowbar. You're a big, strong... Right. Gnome. Gnome. <laughs> Spits on his hands. Let's do this. Uh, you know, not the worst possible roll, I guess. Uh, seven and a... 11, so 11. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes him a, a while, sort of like working it, it back and forth, but eventually, yeah, he is able to like pop one off. You can see that they're they're like really well sort of like riveted in there. Like it was, it was very nice whenever, like it was uh, well made by like an actual artisan long, long ago, even though it, it's begun to rust. And if you, if he just keeps at it, eventually he can work these things off. It, I mean, it's going to take him a while, but he can pop them all open. Okay. So he gets four, five of them off. There's one left, and he's like, he looks at you, and it's like, all right, uh, I'm going to do it. Are you ready? I turn to Meepo. Meepo, you got that sling ready? You got your head knocker? You know, what do you call it? A head knocker. Yeah. He, he yips a little, and yes, he pulls it out, gets ready. Uh, Erky has two hands on the crowbar and is going to pop off this latch. What are you doing? Uh, I have a rapier in one hand and a dagger in the other, and I'm ready for business. All right. Open for business. <laughs> so he <laughs> pops open the last one. The entire lid suddenly slides down, so like from the head down, and there is a bright green flash of light. And inside, you can see a troll. Oh, that was unexpected. It's dressed in rotted finery, but its jewelry and rings are adorned with tiny silver dragons, and they still sparkle. The creature's body is shrunken and elongated, and its flesh is a rubbery, putrid green. Its eyes flash open, and it snarls. Roll initiative. And we'll find out how this goes next time. And let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sense Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPT Cast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. All right, what do we have planned for next week's episode? Uh, we're going to see you get eaten by a troll on our playthrough of Sunless Citadel. Well, that's it for Actual Play Episode 8 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.